But today I'm excited about talk about this topic because I don't know if you've heard a message on this topic. Or maybe you're not familiar with this, but today I want to talk about Sabbath. And that is that Sabbath is essential. Now you may not know what Sabbath is, so let me, let me build it up here for a moment. I want to talk about time today. If we're saying that Sabbath is essential, well, we are talking about time. See, I want us to know that time is a gift. It's not a possession. We have to think about that. A lot of times when we think something is a possession, we hold it very, very tightly. And in fact, if we hold something too tightly, we can often destroy it versus holding it loosely and allowing it to grow and allowing freedom. Time is a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. The Bible tells us to count our days, to consider our days, to give those days to the Lord. It is not a possession. And guess what? Sabbath has everything to do with time. Has everything to do with time. Sabbath, it comes from the word Shabbat. It's actually a 24-hour period of time every week. Can you say every? Every. It's a 24-hour period every week for you and for I, for me, to cease work and to rest. Now you might be thinking, I don't Sabbath. Or is that just a day off? Let me explain. Let me ask you this. Can you relate to any of these? Overscheduled, a little bit tense, addicted to hurry, frantic, preoccupied, fatigued, starved for time? If you can relate to at least one of these, can you raise your hand? I can. Yes. That's a whole lot of hands, friends. See, i got to tell you, a day off is not a Sabbath. It's not. When we take our weekends off, or we're a 24-hour, 7-town seven here in Vegas. So it's not always the traditional Friday, Saturday off, or Saturday, Sunday off, is it? Some of us have Tuesday, Wednesday off. Some of us have Sunday, Monday off. It, it's whatever it may be. But a Sabbath, the way that the Lord describes it, it's not a day off. See, in fact, Sabbath is a commandment. It's a holy commandment. And when we're going to read about two scriptures that have to do with Sabbath, being a commandment, when these two scriptures are shared in the Old Testament, when God is giving his people these words, he's actually referring to two different places. He's going to refer first and foremost to Eden. If we remember what Eden is, Eden is the Garden of Eden. This is a place where God created something perfect, beautiful. It pleased him. It was wonderful. And referring back to Eden, this is what the Lord said in Exodus. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That is what separates it, friends. That's why it's not just your typical day off. It's not just a day off of work or a day away from friends. It is holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may be able to do any work. Take that in for just a minute. You have six days to get stuff done. And I'm a get-her-done girl, okay? I, I like to get stuff done. I feel I'm a task-oriented person. But Scripture tells me I have six days to get those things done. And on the seventh day is a day of rest. It's a day to cease productivity. It's a day to rest. So this includes you, your sons and your daughters. So hear me, friends. It's not just a day off for you. It's a day off for your kids, too. Today off for the family, and the kids say amen, right? <laughs> for your male and female servants, your livestock, any of foreigners living amongst 
among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath. And he set it apart as what? Holy. So he's referring to this great pleasure that he had in creating. Looking at all the earth. Looking at this perfect place, the Garden of Eden. On what he created. And on the seventh day he rested. If you look at Genesis, this is where Exodus got it from, is Genesis chapter 2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, can I tell you a truthful statement? God did not need rest. He's God. He does not tire. He does not get exhausted. He doesn't get overworked or overwhelmed. He is God and he is 100% perfect. He did not need a day of rest. But what he knew is that you and I were going to be created. And that you and I are limited while he is limitless. And that in our human limitations, you and I, everything on this earth, was going to need a day to be replenished. A 24-hour period to rest, to regroup, to be holy. So God referenced Eden, the perfect circumstances in which he set the standard of rest for us. He was the ultimate example. But he also references Egypt. See, what was Egypt? If we go back and we remember the history of the children of God, they were enslaved in Egypt. For 430 years, they had back-breaking work. They did not have freedom. They were not liberated. They belonged as property to another group of people, the Egyptians. And in that, people who are in slavery did not get days off of work. They were back-breaking work 24-7. And so in Exodus, or excuse me, in Deuteronomy, when we read the commandment again that you are to have a Sabbath, it literally lists everything that Exodus said, that nobody's to work. You're not to work. You had six days for that. Your children aren't to work, your servants aren't to work, your team members aren't to work, even your animals that do the plowing and the working, they're not allowed to work. The ground needs a break. Everybody needs a breather. But then it goes on to say, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and his powerful arm. That is why. Why do we have to keep the Sabbath? Why has he commanded it? Because he is the strength that we need, friends. It is him that delivered us from Egypt, not ourselves. See, friends, we have to understand, we spend most of our time working. And when we're not working, we spend most of our time thinking about it, right? We're complaining about it. We're fretting about it. We're preparing for it. We're recovering from it. We feel guilty when we don't do enough, and we get resentful when we do too much. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. But hear me, God set us free from the taskmaster. But when we refuse to rest, we're giving back power to the taskmaster. God delivered his people from an overburdened life. And when we refuse to stop thinking, stop working, stop worrying, we are taking back and giving power to that taskmaster. And I have to ask you, we are not to resurrect what God already drowned. What do I mean by that? It means where is the taskmaster that held Egypt in slavery? They're at the bottom of the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea for the Israelites, for Moses to cross it safely on their way to the promised land. What did God do with those who enslaved him? As they chased them into that Red Sea on dry ground, that water folded over and the taskmasters drowned. 
Why do we try to rescue or resurrect what God had already put to death? The taskmaster is dead. It's drowned. And we don't need to go digging up dead bodies, do we? No. See, Sabbath, what it does, it reminds us to have trust and confidence in God. When Moses stood there, when the, when the Egyptians were pursuing the Israelites, when the Red Sea was in front of the Israelites and the Egyptians were behind them, Moses said, the enemy that you see today, you will see no more. All you have to do is stand. Other translations say, all you have to do is just be silent. Do you know that Sabbath is a time to just, just be? To realize that it's not going to be my strong arm that's going to get this done. Friends, you will die with unfinished tasks and unmet goals. All of us are going to go to our deathbed one day with unfinished tasks and unmet goals. But hear me, Sabbath is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. And what has happened is in this hustle and bustle, get it city, everything's available. Our minds are always, always going. You know, anxiety just overwhelms us and our minds do not shut off. We are always in movement. But what does Sabbath do? It quiets our minds. It quiets our soul. It's a commandment because the Lord knew we needed it. Not a suggestion. A commandment. A commandment to take 24 hours a week. The Jewish people would start from sundown to the next sundown. Start in the evening of one day. And 24 hours later, end it. It's a great day. It's a great day to call it quits on your last day of work. And that next 24 hours isn't for errand running. It's not for cleaning the house and making the list and checking it twice and doing all those things. It's to be. It's holy. And so Sabbath isn't just a commandment. Sabbath is an invitation. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to stop. It's an invitation to stop. Stop. Stop doing. You are a human being, not a human doing. And Sabbath allows us just to stop. I love Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. And the unfortunate thing is most of us have this on like a coffee cup and we're carrying it around everything, carrying it around everywhere where we're doing something and we're not even learning to sit and be still. We got our be still and know that I am God cup in a to-go cup and we're out trying to get everything done. And that's not what it's supposed to be, friends. We're supposed to stop, to cease from work. What does it mean to stop? Some of us don't even know what it means to stop. Does it mean to be a couch potato all day long and I'm stopping? No. But it means to cease from work. What is work? Work is productivity. It's a no obligation day. Sabbath is you are not obligated to anyone but the Lord. It's holy. It's holy. See, Jesus invites us to stop, but he also invites us to look. I love this. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's teaching those who are surrounding him and they're listening, they're leaning in, and he's talking to them about worry because he recognizes that there's a lot of worry in the room. There's a lot of worry going on in the people that he was ministering to. And he tells them to stop and look. Look at the birds of the air. They don't toil. They don't sweat, and yet your Heavenly Father takes care of them. Look, everyone, just, just pause what you're doing, and I want you to direct your attention over to those lilies. They're beautiful. They've done nothing to earn that beauty. God clothed them in beauty and splendor, and they did nothing for it. And then it goes on to say this. So don't worry about these things. 
saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If you were to read the verse right after this, it says, do not worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough, got enough issues. Don't worry about tomorrow. He's addressing worry by telling you he's already got you covered. And Sabbath is a good time to stop and remember, he's got me covered. Do you know what Sabbath does? It makes me stop and say, I'm not God. I'm not God. I'm not sovereign. I'm not all-knowing. I'm not all-powerful. I have limits. I can be empty and I can be filled. Sabbath is a reminder that God is who he is. See, I want you to think about the power of stopping. When you stop, you can often be aware of things. If you're in a hurry, can you imagine how many things we've missed because we've been in a hurry? How many times have you been walking through a store and your kid references something and you didn't even see it? Because you're not looking. You got your to-do list. You are, you are moving and you're, you're shaking to get stuff done. I want you to think of a moment. Think a moment of all the events and all the encounters that have shaped you most deeply and lastingly. How many did you see coming? I want you to think about that. Moments in your life that have shaped you. Moments that have deeply impacted you. How many of them did you plan and see coming? How many? How many children did you plan for? How many interactions? How many, oh my goodness, that's a God moment, did you plan for or did you simply encounter? How many did you engineer? How many did you manufacture? How many did you chase down? But how many of them were interruptions? See, I love this because Sabbath causes us to slow down and make room for interruptions. See, you can go your whole life trying not to be interrupted. An interruption might be the very thing that God wants to do in your life because they're divine interruptions. I remember in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, we were all interrupted. Life was thrown and flipped upside down. And I was supposed to be speaking at a conference that year. And like so many other in-person gatherings, that conference was canceled. And the founder came to Jeremy and I and asked, I love what Avenue is doing online. See, Legacy Matters. When we put out there online, it's amazing. And people get to participate who otherwise would not be able to participate. And so this founder comes to Jeremy and I in the middle of a pandemic. There's no coffee shops to go meet at. She comes and meets in our backyard. And she says, I love what Avenue is doing. I want to do the conference. Would you film it? And we said, you know where we film? And I laughed at her right in her face. I laughed at her. I go, let me take you to where we film. Friends, it was in my garage. We filmed in my garage. And she said, yes, I'll take it. And I'm like, that's because you think you're getting a deal. <laughs> and she got a good deal because it was in my garage. <laughs> but Robin, you were there. Robin, wave your hand. During that time, we filmed. And it was in that interruption of life, that divine surprise, that a woman came in who was also going to be sharing at this conference. And she sat at my kitchen table. And she told me she had a nephew, and that nephew's name was Derek, and that she was praying for him to have a mom. Divine interruptions. Divine interruptions. If we weren't slowing down to just sit and say, tell me your story, to be aware of what God may be wanting to do in a moment, goodness, friends, 
God, I'm so sorry for the moments I've missed because I've been too busy. Sabbath creates this rhythm in your life where you learn to be more aware. We learn to be more grateful. We learn to slow down. We learn that I don't have to do everything in my own strength, but God is over my life. See, Sabbath isn't just an invitation to stop. It's an invitation to rest. And this isn't just Netflix all day kind of rest, okay? See, rest isn't lazy. Rest is replenishing. Rest isn't lazy. Rest is replenishing. And I can tell you right now if you have a problem with rest, do you only take days off when you're sick? Or when you're sick, is that the only time that you don't feel guilty for resting? You probably have a problem with rest. You don't know how to rest. And I can tell you that when we're not resting, we're sinning. Because we're breaking a commandment that God has given us. And it's not just an Old Testament commandment. Jesus said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath continues. We need that time to rest. So when we rest, we're being replenished, we're being refilled. So how do we do that? Well, let's consider resting from a few things. Rest from work. Put it away. Put your laptop away. Don't check your emails. Turn your notifications off. Rest. Rest from physical exhaustion. Hurriedness. Multitasking. Competitiveness. Rest from worry. Rest from decision-making. I love Sabbath, and I will remind Jeremy, I don't make any decisions on Sabbath because decision takes work. I'm producing something. I'm having to think, and I don't want to be productive on Sabbath. Rest from catching up on errands. Rest from talking. Rest from technology. There are so many times where we put our phones away for a 24-hour period of time just to be. See, it's not only an invitation to rest, And hear me, if you want to rest, watch a movie. If that replenishes you, watch a movie. Maybe it's a walk. Take a walk. Maybe it's doing something that replenishes you. Whatever that may be, we're all different. And that's why I love the Lord so much. Because the way that Jeremy rests is not the way that Lindsay rests. The way that I rest is not the way that he rests. So sometimes it's hard to rest together. (laughs) But figure out what rest looks like for you. It's also an invitation to enjoy. Sabbath isn't a downer, friends. It's to to do things that you enjoy. Enjoy creation. Enjoy people. Enjoy healthy play. Now, I am practically a Las Vegas native. Uh, My mom was living here since 72, um, had me in another state, then brought me back at three months old. Um, So I've been here for almost 40 years. Now, with that, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at how many people I meet that live here in Las Vegas and have never been to Mount Charleston. Never been to Mount Charleston. How many people I've sat down and talked with, they didn't even know what Lake Mead is. We have Lake Mead. Some people don't realize that Zion is only two and a half hours away in a car ride, quick. If you drive with him, it's like two. What about Red Rock? To walk through Red Rock, to go through the loop, and people don't realize that there's even a little town called Blue Diamond right there with the best stone pizzas. Like, the, like that stone oven pizza, so good, right? Sabbath is a time to enjoy. Enjoy God's creation. I love going to the ocean. Can't do it every Sabbath. <laughs> but I love going to the ocean because I get to see how vast and big and huge my God is, that he created this. I love the smells and the breeze. Friends, sometimes we don't even stop to smell. Stop to breathe it in. You're called and you're invited to do things that you enjoy. Do you like playing pickleball? Do it on a Sabbath. 
If it's not wearing you out and it replenishes you, do something like that. Invite people. People that you haven't had an opportunity to have coffee with, but you know a conversation with them would delight your soul, do it on a Sabbath. See, sometimes I think the Sabbath, we think that we have to go into a prayer closet for 24 hours. We don't sleep, we don't eat, we don't drink, we close the door, and I'm going to meet with Jesus. Sabbath is is all-encompassing. You're a whole person. You are physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, social, all of those things. And God wants to replenish all areas of those lives. The last thing that we're invited to is to contemplate. We're invited to contemplate. Can I tell you that a lot of us do a lot of decision-making, but not a lot of thinking? We make a whole lot of decisions. We give a whole lot of commands, a whole lot of to-dos without a lot of, let me think about that. Sometimes some of the best things that we could do for ourselves is, let me get back to you. I need a moment to think about that. Okay? It's an invitation to contemplate. Because pondering the love of God is the central focus of the Sabbath. We can't have Sabbath without Jesus. We can't have the Sabbath without the Lord. I love listening to worship. In fact, I enjoy putting on worship music without lyrics. It's just, it's just acoustic or it's just the instruments. And I love getting a journal and spending time in his word and just starting my day that way or maybe ending my day. But being aware that he's with me. I love walking in our neighborhood. When I'm walking and I'm on Sabbath, it's not that I've got music in my ears or I'm thinking about what I need to get done. God, I'm here. I'm available, Lord, if you want me to have a conversation with somebody. I'm open and I'm aware and, and I'm here. If I'm, if I'm at a restaurant and I decided to have a meal with a friend on that day, God, if you want to divinely interrupt me, I'm listening. I'm looking. I welcome it, Lord. This is a 24-hour period where I'm yours. And you know what's so great is that as we start to practice the Sabbath regularly, and hear me, some of you are thinking, I can't do that once a week. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can. I think sometimes we think that nothing will ever get done. All of us have the same 24 hours a day as in person next to us. And how we manage it, we can plan to Sabbath. We can not leave everything to that one day. Maybe it'll take some more organizing. It'll take some new methods. Or maybe instead of doing everything by yourself, you're going to lean on some family members now. You're going to divvy up the responsibility so it's not all on you. Because you're going to work Sabbath into the life of your family. Because that is God's best invitation to you operating in your human limits is Sabbath. See, here's the issue. If we don't listen, we never enter his rest. Sabbath is rest. It's a holy rest. It's not, I took a good cat nap and I think I can get on with my day again. It's not a quick shot of caffeine and I'm good to go. I sat for a minute and I drank my caffeinated drink and I can take on the world. No. It's a deep rest, a peace that passes all understanding, a comfort, a rejuvenation that you cannot manufacture, but that it comes from heaven. But yet, if we don't enter his rest, we never listen. But I believe with all my heart as we say, yes, I can, Lord, and I want to stop sinning against you. I want to stop being disobedient, and I want to give you, Father, this. I want to give myself, right? Not just I want to give the Lord. But I want to give myself a 24-hour period. Friends, some of you have generational just hiccups, generational diseases in your family that could probably be altered if you give your body a restart every single week. Do you know what a distressor, a Sabbath would be? Do you know that stress kills people? Prematurely, it kills people. Worry kills people. 
So many diseases that we encounter today are caused by factors that have nothing to do with science and everything to do with stress. Stress, stress, stress. So the essential challenge today is don't believe the lie of busy. Don't believe it. Because in Exodus, God told them, you've got six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working. Hear me, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. What did that mean? It means Sabbath is commanded even in the busy seasons. Plowing and harvest was the busiest season for the Israelites. You were sun up to sun down. You were exhausted. You were busy. Hear me, Christmas season, perfect time to Sabbath. Oh, it's busy. Oh, well, perfect time to Sabbath. Busy does not remove the Sabbath. The next part is choose a 24-hour period this week to Sabbath. Choose it. If you have two days off, pick one of them. Pick one of them. Choose to Sabbath. See, I love this. Today we're going to take communion. So if I can ask my, my friends to come up who are going to be helping today at the tables. See, communion is contemplative. I love communion because it causes us to think about the Lord, to think of his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. And I want to encourage us today that when I was studying for this message, y'all, I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I have to repent because I have not always kept the Sabbath. Oh, I've taken a day off to get stuff done. But have I invited you into these 24-hour periods to, to be holy, to be set apart? See, communion is contemplative. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do things a little bit different. See, you're used to getting a cup, a disposable cup with some juice and a cracker that tastes like styrofoam. Let's be real. It sucks. It's not good. But we're going to do it a little bit different. Because remember, Sabbath is supposed to be an awareness. When we stop and pause, have you ever stopped when you're eating something? Instead of shoving it down to get it through your lunch break? Have you ever just taken a bite and said, oh, this is good. Have you ever breathed in the aroma of a meal? That's awesome. Sabbath forces you to slow down. So what we're going to do today, we don't have the styrofoam bread and the bitter juice. We've got Hawaiian sweet rolls. Yes. And we've got a red juicy grape that's going to represent the wine. And we're going to take communion together. But what I would like you to do, because even Sabbath isn't just on your own, it's interacting with people. These lovely people are going to help you get your communion. And so what I want you to do is there's no rhyme or reason. You're just going to get up. And Jeff and Deb and Joe and Elaine, they're going to help guide you. And we're going to get you to table. So would you stand up, please? And if you would like to take communion, no one's forcing you to. But you don't have to be a member of Avenue Church to take communion. The word tells us that if we know Jesus and he is our Lord and our Savior, communion is a beautiful reminder of who he is and what he's done for us. So please make your way out of the aisles. And my friends here will give you your communion items and then take it back to your seat. our seats with our communion items before we take them I want us to have a moment to think God do you want to do Sabbath in my life differently well God what is something in this season that could be radically changed in my life if I started obeying you and setting apart this time 
for you, what would that look like? So just take a moment in your chair. Worship team is going to worship. You can worship with them. But contemplate what it would look like for you to Sabbath. God was experiential. He created moments to engage and to be with people. When he gathered his disciples around a table the night before he was betrayed, well, night that he was betrayed, excuse me, they broke bread together. And he explained that this is my body that will be broken for you. This is my blood, my life that will be poured out for you. And so this isn't supposed to be just an action that we take and move on. This is experiential. And so would you take the bread with me? It represents Jesus' brokenness on a cross. It's by his stripes, friends, that we are healed. It, it brought God great pleasure to offer Jesus as a sacrifice for our salvation. Jesus went willingly. It was his honor. And so would you take the bread with me? Pay attention to the sweetness. That's what makes atonement for sin. It covers our sin. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see the things we've done or the things we're going to do. He sees his spotless, blameless son, Jesus Christ. He sees his righteousness. And that's all because blood was shed on a cross. So would you take the grape? It's going to represent the wine for us. Take the grape. our mindset. Sabbath can go from being just a day to being an attitude. And that is my goal. It's a goal in my life. It's a, it's a hope for all of our lives that I would begin to be more aware of, God, you're with me. You're with me in my workplace. You're with me on the car ride in the morning. 
You're with me now. You're with me then. God, what do you want to do? Let me stop being so focused on my own agenda, my own plans, but let me be ready for divine interruptions. For some of us, God has been wanting to interrupt you. He has been trying to interrupt you, but we keep going, going, going. But what could happen? You think the world is going to fall apart if you pause? It won't. What will fall apart is is your idea of having to be the rock when Jesus is the rock. And so I'm encouraged by Sabbath. I hope that you are encouraged by Sabbath. I want to pray for you before we end today. Jesus, I thank you that you are Lord of the Sabbath. And right now, Father, if there is anyone in this room where you are not Lord of our lives, then I ask right now that you would move on hearts. Your word tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead that we will be saved so Father you are our salvation you are our everything so give us Father God this deep conviction to pause life so you can do a work in us to pause work so you can do a work in us a lasting work make us brave Lord in Jesus name amen Amen.